Hey guys, welcome back to Lesbian Honest. I'm Ash. I'm here with my amazing wife, Kears. Hey guys. <clears throat> that All sounded right. bad. I'm not sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are over here to try to pick up where we left off. Yes. From breaking up. I know. Our probably most monumental moment in our relationship previous to children and everything I would say it was like the biggest thing that happened yeah I mean it was definitely the darkest thing that happened for sure in our relationship I would say yeah but it was totally meant to be because we came back like three times stronger yes we did I feel like once we were both like we had a long conversation mm-hmm. about like how to move forward because I think we both were kind of scared like, we both were on the same page. Like, we can't go through this again. So, like, this right. needs to be 110%, like, what we both want. And it definitely was. So, I mean, essentially... So, this was, like, right around Christmas when we got back together. It was, like, it Christmas was, Eve. It was Christmas. And then Christmas Day yeah. into the, like, next. But, like, Christmas Eve was when Kirst called me and was like, I want to get back together. And we were like, okay, well... Let's talk about it. We'll have to see. And um, I think that's when, I, I mean, we went through like Christmas morning and then we both went home and we like sat and talked and yeah, we obviously got back together because we're together now. Um, and I think that it was, we had like that hard conversation because we were both super scared to like dive back in because I think we were both committed to dive. Right. I think that was it. Well, I don't I think, think that, that it was... like we kind of knew too that we were going to be approaching bigger things in our relationship if like when we got back together because we were kind of ready to take the next steps. And like for a lot of people that would be like getting engaged and getting married, but like that wasn't even an option for us because right. like civil unions weren't even legal. Yeah, gay marriage wasn't legal, civil unions weren't out, which were like the like stepping stone to marriage. Yeah. So um, that wasn't really, like, a box that, like, we, either one of us really talked about checking off. Right. But we did get rings for each other. Mm-hmm. That's when we got our, our big girl rings. Yeah. And it was, like, it was just so different this time. Yeah. Like, we had all the great things we had beforehand, but it was so different. Like, but, like, in a bad way for you, or? No, in, like, a good way. Like, I think that it was, like, it was so comforting, like... Knowing that no matter what, like, family said and, like, it just didn't phase us like it used to. Like, right. it still hurt our feelings and it still sucked. Yeah. But, like, you kind of went through a phase where you weren't hanging out with your family as much. And I I still pretty much wasn't, but... Right. Um, Like, when people would say stuff, like, it would kind of just, like, bounce off us more versus us taking it, like, so... Oh, well, we weren't taking what, like, the... F- people were saying to heart to the point of like making any action about it because that was kind of what the break was. And so I think once like we got to the point where we decided to get back together, there was no question about what could sway us one direction or the next anymore. Yeah. Like we were, we were grounded. Like, and it was, it was so nice. I think that we were still like very, um, not tender, but like very like, fragile for a while 
We like, were, but like I feel any like any little it was, thing like if, we were it very was related to the break. There was like a lot of sensitivity, and like I think that that was like a trigger for sure for mm-hmm. any actions or sayings or like anything. We could like, listen to certain songs. We could yeah. watch certain movies. Like, right. Because... Still to this day, there's stuff that like we've grown past the point of like can't listen, can't watch. But like there are times that you're like we talk about the break, and it's still a tender topic, you know, yeah. because it was one of the most dark points in our relationship. And I think we both like blamed ourselves for certain things. And so like, I, I don't really think that it, when it comes up, like that we like necessarily like pointing the finger at each other. Like it's more no. like pointing the finger at ourselves. Like, I mean, but like, I'm glad it happened. I am too. Like now looking back, like right. do you think that like, you think if it would have, I mean, now where we're at today, looking back, I'm like, I'm glad it happened. Like right. we like definitely grew significantly. Our like relationship grew significantly. We grew as individuals significantly, which was huge. And I think like looking back on it from this day and age, like now, like where we're at now, looking back on it, like, I guess I didn't realize like how much we really grew up as individuals there. I know now, cause since we've been kind of talking about, and like, I am happy like for the podcast in the sense that like, I think that this our approach just telling our story of our break was different than how we normally approach it. Like usually the break comes up in some way, shape or form randomly. And it'll be very like, not very often, but when it does, it's usually not a productive conversation. Whereas Mm -hmm. like this has helped us to navigate that tender and like triggering topic in a way of seeing it as a positive thing and like looking for like what it did for us as a couple. And I think that like that has helped a lot. Yeah, it definitely is like it, it was, it was a huge growing pain in our relationship, but we grew. We did. And like, I like, if I could tell my younger self now, like, Hey, it's going to work out. Like it's going to be okay. I don't even know if I could have told myself that like a year after we got back together after our break, because like I didn't know the bigger picture and like the actual effect that it truly had on us, like in our relationship, like 10 years later, almost like, right. which is awesome. Yeah. So, so Kirsten and I get back together. We're already living together still. <laughs> right. So we decide like, boom, time to move back into the master bedroom together. So I moved back in with Kirsten in the, in the master. We turned this, now it's a spare bedroom, like officially. Yeah. And we threw, I think, did we throw a desk in there or something? We I did. We, we had did. a desk. And a bed. The bed. Oh, and then it turned into the gecko room. Oh, yes. The gecko room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the spare bedroom before children. Yeah. So... It was a gecko and kitten room. Oh, my God. I forgot we fostered kittens again. Yeah. We, we did. There was, like, a it huge It wasn't a... Fo- you didn't foster them. They got... I got one that was dropped off, but then after that, we were like, we're really good at this. We should foster. <laughs> so we, like, tried to foster another litter, and they were totally feral. Yeah. And we were like, never again. This is awful. <laughs> mm-hmm. We had some abandoned at my work. We had, like, a whole litter abandoned at my work again. And we kept them. Well, we didn't keep them, but we well, grew we, them and then grew, found them. Yeah. Healthy, happy homes. <laughs> well... So we're back together and like, we start having like the next step talks about like what we really want to do. And I think, were you already through like MA school at this point or did you go to MA school? MA school is like medical assistant. I don't know. I think I was, I was done being an MA, I think. But we were waiting tables. So I don't think so. Maybe I just started. 
I think that we did, I think that this was when we had the conversation of like, do we both want to go to school or do right. we, we want to have one of us go to school and then like decide on like having a family together? Cause we had like come into a little bit of money yeah. that was like there for essentially school. And yeah. there's enough to either send us both to school, like very small, like community college type school, or yeah. we decided like maybe Kirst go to school and we look into having a family together. Yeah. But this took years. Yeah. Like it was a lot of research. It was a lot of what we can and can't do. And yeah. since civil unions and marriage wasn't legal, like there, that was like a huge fear because like I couldn't, we had already decided, well, we hadn't already decided, but we were discussing the fact that, like, I didn't want to carry kids. Right. Well, those were, like, conversations that we had pretty much, like, right out of the gates after our break. Like, we started talking about, like, having a family, <clears throat> careers, school, and kind of, like, what we were going to do. We were and completely then... planning a future together at this point. There was no, like, well, if we're still together or, like, one day, like, we'll decide to have kids. It was, like, okay, like, let's put our plan in action. Yeah, it was. It was... Didn't skip a beat, but skipped like 10 beats ahead, kind of. <laughs> well, and I feel like it was because we addressed like everything. Like we addressed our fears. We like grew by ourselves. <laughs> like we decided that we weren't going to let other people's like take on our quote unquote lifestyle. God, I hate that word. I know. But like we weren't going to let other people's opinions affect us anymore. Like we weren't going to let that impact our life together. Right. So we started planning the things that were important to us and like kids were uh, like starting a family was a big part of it. And I, I think for me it was hard cause I come from such like a big extended family that like, I didn't want to have a huge family. Right. We did talk a lot about like how many kids do we want to have and you know, why I come from a family of three kids where you came from a family of multitude, you know, yeah. and why we didn't want to have so many or so less. Yeah. Like my parents had four kids together and then they split and on like my mom's side, they had, once she remarried, they had three kids came in. So I got three step siblings and then a half brother. Yeah. And so all in all, there was eight of us. Now I wasn't like around um, once I was around for like the, the, us first four, but like after my parents split, I wasn't around because we were dealing with this. Like I was out on my own at this point. So, but I saw the effect that it had on like me and my siblings and like the stress of like not being able to vacation like we want to, and like not having money to do all the extracurriculars or like hand-me-down clothes was a big one. Like, yeah, that you guys didn't always get new shoes or off-brand everything mm -hmm. like a lot. Like and if we did get like new shoes or like outfits or something, it was like something we saved for like our birthdays or something. Like I remember my grandpa would take me out to go get my basketball shoes or my volleyball shoes that I wanted. Cause I like, it was important to me. Yeah. And when you're trying to belong in like school and like sports and groups and stuff like that, you don't be like, yeah, Kmart special right here. Blue light special. Like, <laughs> well, like, we knew that like we wanted to break the mold of like generational trauma of like broken families because right. we both came from very broken families. Yeah. And like we, I think that was like a big topic about like our break and having kids is that like, this was it because we're not doing this again. Like, right. We're... This isn't an option. So we're either in it and in it forever or this. Yeah. Like, yeah. because we're not going to put anybody else through this 
ever with us. And like, I strongly am like, I'm proud of us for that because we stay true to that and like, we'll continue to, and like, we're in a happy marriage too. like, just, you know, there's people out there that are married and maybe not so happy and just staying together for the kids. But like, I told Ash, like, I don't want that. Well, it's easy to get complacent. It is. Like, it's easy to get comfortable. It's easy to get complacent. It's easy to stop working at it. Like, and I think that that's the thing is like, you have to be mindful and like willing to work on it. Like you have to be willing to like address confrontation. You have to be willing to like have the bickerments and the arguments. Well, and no matter how long you've been together, there are still hard conversations because like life is always changing mm-hmm. and like the stressors. So like, I think that we realized that like this relationship is work. And like, I don't know if we didn't see that before, like not that I didn't, but like maybe through the break realized when like, you don't realize what you want until you don't have it anymore kind of thing you know like a hundred percent we definitely like figured out really quick what we were missing right since it was gone yeah and like we were so happy when we got back together like we definitely i think we approached arguments differently we had you know a lot better at listening to each other yeah which i think is kind of like and i think it's hard too like i know that's something that we've worked on in a even like now in this day, like of living together and being in a married couple for so long is that like de-escalation when somebody else is upset is huge. Like not feeding into it is huge. And so like, that's like a conscious effort though, to like work into things. It is. And it's, it's hard to always realize that. And like, I think that it's something that you and I like consistently, even like to today, we have to like remind each other. And like, sometimes when we don't react the way we necessarily should have, like, we also talk about that. Like, I think having those open conversations and like being able to admit like that you could have done something better or differently, or you do recognize how you could have changed the situation. Like not just you, but me, like how I'm saying like as individuals taking accountability for like how you respond and how you react to each other is huge. Um, but like, I want to go back and talk about, I remember sitting in the townhouse. We had a desk in the spare room. You were out of town. We are recently back together. Okay. I think this is like February at this point after our break the next year. Okay. Because I had gotten my whole side tattooed. I don't know why at that point that this was a thing that happened, but it was like I had my whole side tattooed and then your great grandma passed away. Oh, yeah. I think it was a couple months later than that, but yeah. Okay. And then you went out of town. Uh Uh-huh. I went to Oklahoma. We road tripped out there. Yes. So you leave me at home. I know that I was like all, I was like, you have to go, you know, I understand. But like, I had literally just gotten like half of my torso tattooed. Essentially. Well, that, and we were still very fresh and new being back together, too. So that was very hard because we were definitely like Velcro again. Yeah. But in a different way, like in a completely different way, which was weird. It was almost like new love in a way. Right. Well, and then I remember <laughs> being in this room and you were on your trip with your mom and your grandma. And, and my Uncle Travis. Yep. Yep. And I was navigate. I was researching like conception clinics. 
Oh my god, I do remember this. And I, you got home, and this was before, like, smart smartphones were a thing, because I was, actually like, had to, like, AOL dial-up, like, look, no, not I that think, bad, yeah, but we had yeah. to look. You had to, like, actually get on the computer and, like, look it but up. But I couldn't just, like, send you, like, screenshots of, like, oh, this no. is the place I found. So, like, I had it all, like, written down. I remember you getting home, and I was, like, you know, trying to be sensitive, because, like, your grandma had passed away, so I was, like, I'm, hey, babe, like, how was it? Good. So I like mapped out. Let me this show you something. Yeah, I need to show you something. And I like <laughs> mapped out this entire path of she, like she had like a big pros and cons list. Like okay, like this place. Like we had to, so we had to choose a donor too. <clears throat> yes. So when you go to choose a donor, you don't just like be like, well, give me a list. Like let's choose a donor first. You have to choose the right cryo bank right. to get a donor from because you want to have like high expectations of the donor, but you also want to have like guarantees of your specimen because it's expensive it is extremely expensive and a doctor doesn't want to like complete a they call it a transfer if there's not a certain um, like count of sperm in the specimen yeah so So. i had this like map of things because we had insurance that we had to kind of like our insurance would only cover going to a specific place. So, mm-hmm. like, we had to go to this place, but they didn't cover any of the cryobank fees. So, it didn't matter what cryobank we went to as far as insurance goes. And, like, there's a cryobank in Colorado, actually, in Loveland. And... Yeah, it's pretty decently close. But the, like, warranty, essentially... Yeah. <laughs> Their guarantee is... is not was good. not anything that, like we were interested in at the time. Right. And so we ended up looking at one from California. Yes. And that one was like the one that came the most highly recommended, had really good like warranties. They were really easy to work with. Yeah. And they, um, had like programs. I think like if you bought three months worth, like three vials, three transfers worth, like you got like free shipping or something like that because of how much nitrogen, oxide that their liquid nitrogen that they had to have in there or whatever yeah so i had this whole little map and ash is like okay well what do you want to do and i'm like oh i'm gonna call make an appointment like we should go to this place and we should see what they say because there's really only one doctor we could go to with our insurance uh-huh. so i made the appointment for us and they see you as a couple because this is you guys this was like before <sighs> Infertility for same-sex couples at that point was probably, like, we were probably part of, like, 2 or 3% of the population. It felt like it, at least at, at the time. At least that's how it that's felt. That's not, like, right. researched data, but no, it don't definitely quote me felt on like that. that that's because... how it felt, because... And we were young. We were, like... I was 20... I think we were 22 one. and 21. Yeah. So we were super young. So us walking in there, they were like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, children. Like, they, like they were not... I, I don't necessarily feel like... It, our first experience, they were taking us seriously. No. And I don't think they realized we had, like, the funds to pay for this Mm-mm. either because they kept, like, telling us, well, if you – do you understand? Like, we, they may assign paperwork saying, like, we understand that, like, each transfer could cost upwards to, like, whatever, $1,500, and then you have to have your specimen and – Which the specimen is the most, like – And what I died about is that, like, on our chart, like, throughout this process, um, they kept calling – we were missing a penis partner. Is well, how so they, they like yeah they like they like put they <laughs> you had to like be put into like a category category of like, like a diagnosis why, why you're here for infertility treatment right and ours was missing penis partner <laughs> yeah because they couldn't say that I was infertile 
Right. Missing penis murder. Oh, my God. I'm like, it, you don't even need a penis. Like, well, there's so, men that don't... Well, I mean, I'm sure there are men. <laughs> chimney Christmas kids. Let's not go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> Any, anyway, on Google later. I'll and it was always know. so funny, too, because they literally would just be like, oh, hi, like, are you a friend? And I'm like, nope. Nope. This is the two of us doing this together. Oh, oh wow. That's great. Wow. All right. I'll go get the doctor. Like, they didn't know how to take it. No. A lot of them didn't know how to take it. And I feel like the doctor kind of was just like, yeah, okay, kids. And now, like, to specify this too, like, when we talk about a transfer, this was an IUI transfer. This was not an in vitro. Right. Um, In vitro means that they have taken the egg and the sperm and made an embryo. So it's already like a fertilized egg that they would implant. Yeah. No, um, this was like inner uterine insemination, essentially. This was essentially just putting sperm in because you can't legally turkey basting's not legal in colorado yeah so there's a lot of weird laws that you learn about as you're researching things because as we started to look at like this cost of the doctor i'm like well can't we just like skip the doctor order the sperm have it come to the house and then i like started thinking about it i'm like but it's frozen like what do you put the like to put it in the microwave like defrost it right just like hold it in your cleavage for a few hours but what do you do <laughs> it 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 was definitely a lot i don't to think learn did from. you realize the like the cascade of like th- what we're getting into when i brought not you even this close list? not even close i was like yeah okay kids like and i knew i wanted to be a mom right but i definitely like i was at like a hard two like, I was like, maybe a boy and a girl, because I'm morbid. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Kirsten hates this. She's like, God, what's wrong with you? But I was like, I can't just have one kid, because if something ever happened to them, like, I wouldn't be a mom anymore. Right. And so like, we had to have, and, like, two. It, I would be like, like, that would be the end. Like, I don't know if I could bounce back from that. Right. And then, so she's well, like, so you want to have two kids so you can be miserable? Children. I'm like... I don't know what to tell you. Like, this is just how I feel, okay? You told me that it would give you something more to live for if there was another child. And that, like, it was And you were like, what about me? (laughs) I was like, oh, God. And, like, we had not had children yet. So, like, when you do have kids after... And this was a conversation that we had after we had our first because... We only were focused on getting pregnant one time. Like, we were like, we just got to get pregnant. That's all you can do because it took us two years and ten transfers to conceive our first child. Yes. And it was... A totally different type of like high hopes and depression. Oh, it's a because like you t- infertility is not. I mean, it's definitely its own club. Oh yeah, like it is not well, for the weary. Like, taboo <laughs> as far as like women speaking about or men even like people speaking about infertility and their struggles. Like I feel like it's such a like. I don't know. I I think it's coming out more now, but like ten years ago, like. Oh, it wasn't Infertility wasn't, you don't talk about that. No. You don't go to brunch and talk about infertility with your grandma. Right. Oh, and we kind of, like, went about it, like, quietly for a long time. Especially after, like, we were excited, as I think anybody is that, start, that starts infertility treatment, that, like, so we, Kirsten was pumped up with hormones. Yeah. We, she was taking oral medication she was taking injectable medication i would have to give kirsten shots all the time like she, we had to go in and have her like levels read all the time so she was constantly doing blood draws like this was a very invasive like life change for us and we didn't even have a child at this point right well and like we um i don't know like i think it was hard because we thought i thought that it was going to happen fast because all, we had friends that had kids 
nearly out of high school. So I'm like, all you have to do is get sperm inside and you get pregnant. Like, you could get pregnant in a hot tub. So, like, this is going to work. We're young. We're fertile. Yeah, It'll be fine. I'm 21 years old. Literally the most fertile myrtle ever. And here we were two years later, 10 tries in, and I'm speaking, like, thousands of dollars not covered by insurance. Well, and we had to change donors what, three times. We went through three donors, right? Yeah. And they do give you a catalog, by the way. I just want people to know because... But there's not common. pictures. No. It's just stats. And it's, we essentially, yeah. since Kirst was going to carry, we essentially tried to find a match as close as we could to me. Yeah. With, like, a little bit more height in case if we had a boy. So, yeah. like, sports were a good option. Like We tried to think of all the things. Like, different, like, trying to take out, like, medical things. It, but we had to change it three times because we had a couple of times where we went to go do transfers and we couldn't do it because there wasn't enough. Yeah. Like, when they thought it. So, they have... You, let me tell you, friends. Okay. <laughs> so, you go and you're like, hey... So, they're, they're like, you, you have, have to, to tell have... them about how the sperm got to us in the first place, though. Oh, my God. So, before we even do any transfers, we order... From it's the cryobank the time. first time. And we're... So we order three specimens and they ship it to the doctor's office because the doctor's office has to keep it. You have to, like, keep it somewhere where they can, like, legally, like, store it. So Kirsten and I were, like, going to dinner one yeah. night. We were, like, getting ready to go for dinner and we walk outside and this FedEx trucks rolls up and the <laughs> FedEx driver, like, comes around the corner and Kirsten and I are, like, um, and we see this weird box with like holes in it. And I'm like, oh my God. And then the, the FedEx driver all of a sudden instantly goes into like panic mode. And now like, was it a guy or a girl? It was a girl. And she's, she's like, like trying to hide it. She's like, I don't know what this is. Is this flowers for like her? What is that? What, what do you want me to put? And, can she see it? And like, she's like trying to hide it from Kirsten. And Kirsten's like, oh my God. Oh no. Oh no. Like Kirsten starts freaking out. And then I'm like, let me just, just careful, careful. Don't shake it. Uh, just let me have it. Just let me have it. So I get it. Sure as shit. It's our specimens of sperm. And we're like, oh my God. It was supposed to go to the doctor. It was not supposed to come to our house. And it's like four o'clock. And they're like, well, we're gone at... F so we called them and we're, they're like, we're gone at five. And I was like, oh my gosh. So we put it in the front seat and we buckle it in. And Kirsten hops in the, the back, back. <laughs> and I drive us down. And this is this office is like pretty far from us at this point. It's probably like a 30... It's like a 25 minute, 30 minute drive. Cause but it it's like, like four o'clock in, in the, the afternoon. Instead of like downtown. <laughs> so lots of traffic. It's five o'clock. Well, 4.30. Yeah. And we're like, oh my God. So... We're, like, driving down there. <laughs> you should have seen the looks we had. Like, what is buckled up? Why is the person sitting in the back? What is buckled in the front? We're like, it's our baby! This is our possible baby! <laughs> so we, like, drive it down. We get, we, like, walk it in there all, like, careful-like. It was kind of heavy. It was big. Like, yeah, it was... <laughs> well, well, like, you get the this The FedEx box. lady. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's like, I've never seen anything like this before. I'm... And she's like, okay, have a good day. And then she's like can I ask you what that is? <laughs> and I was like, do you really want to know? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, um, it's sperm. And she was like, for like a horse? <laughs> Cause the box was like two and a half, three feet tall. It was probably two and a half. It was probably easy. Two and a half, three feet tall. And then there was like a metal canister inside. Yeah. And it had like handles on the side. And then it was like this way up, this way up. Like, it had a bunch of, like, warning labels on it. And she... <laughs> She's like, for a horse? I was like, no, we're trying to have a baby. And she, like, looked at both of us. She's like, 
oh, good luck. And, like, got her truck and left. <laughs> so we get it into the doctor's office, and we get there, and, like, apparently the front lady didn't know what was happening, and we're like, we're here to drop this off. She's like, um, that has to come from the cryo bank. And we're like, it no did. shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's, like, we order it, and we had to, like, I don't remember if we had to order it to the office or if, like, we had to order it and, like... We did. We were supposed to order it, and it was supposed to go to the doctor, but they got the addresses mixed up somehow, and it came to our house. It didn't happen again after that, Mm -mm. but, like, I remember Ash, like, hit a pothole, and, like, it, like, jostled all of us, and I say all of us, like, the children, too, and (laughs) I was like, don't shake the babies! I was, like, panicking. Oh, my gosh. We got it down there. It was all safe, but we definitely, so we did like, we go to do like our first transfer and you have to, you have to do like this trigger shot and that's supposed to like make you, um, ovulate, ovulate. Thank you. That's the word I needed. Um, and then you have to get a positive, positive ovulation test and then you're supposed to call the doctor and then set up the transfer within like 24 hours. Yeah. So we, like, go through this whole process. We get everything that we need. Everything's ready to go. It's go. It's go. We are So we go, we go down to the doctors, and we're going to go do the transfer. Yeah. And we yep. get down there, and we check in, and they're like, okay, like, we're going to give you your specimen, and you have to walk it across the parking lot <laughs> all the frick way over <laughs> to, the to the lab to have them thaw it. And we're like, thaw it? What? And they didn't, like, tell us this, so we have no idea where the freaking lab's at. No, they're like, it's just right across, if you go into the parking garage and walk all the way through the parking garage, and I'm like, Kirsten and I are, like, Twitter-pated, but now we're panicked, like, well, what happens once it's thawed? Well, it dies very quickly, so you're gonna have to hurry back. Hurry like, back. What? <laughs> so then we get all the way over there, we finally find this lab, we have no idea where it was at, the directions were not no, no. We find the lab, and the lady at the lab is so freaking nice. She's like, mm-hmm. hi, ladies. Oh, my God. Oh, this is so exciting. Okay, I'll let you know if it's more pink or blue flags I see this time. Yeah. We're like, okay. okay. Whatever that means. So Kirsten and I are like, we're totally, like, Twitter-pated. We're yeah. super excited. We're, like, making a baby. We're, we're, like, moving forward in our lives. Like, it's a big deal. And this was probably, was this, like, a year after we got back together, you think? Uh, Probably, like, six to nine months. It was pretty quick after. It was. It was very quick after. Yeah. So we get this like thawed specimen and she's like, okay. And she's like, just keep it warm on the way over there. We're like, how? She's like, you can like hold it in your hands. A lot of women will like put it in their cleavage. And Kirsten's like, okay. (laughs) So we like head over and we're like power walking. And we're like running. Like, we didn't want to, like, run, run, though, because we were scared. Oh, my gosh. (sighs) You guys, and I have to say, like, for all you women that have ever had to go to, like, the OB or, like, GYN and have an exam done, it's awkward already. And then being out of breath because you just ran across a parking lot and you're like, we brought it. We have it. Okay. And And then they want to, like, and then the doctor wants to, like, have small talk with you. And you're like, our babies are literally dying right now. Can you literally just shut up? Just do it. Well, and then, like, it was supposed to be, like, I don't know. It was just different. We were, it was, it was a very, like, exciting and, like, precious little moment of ours, but it was so awkward at the same time. And then it was, like, Kirsten's, like, do I have to sit in the car with my feet up and, like, drive home with my head on the ground? Like, (laughs) (laughs) elevate the hips. (laughs) I know. He was, like, no, we'll just, they do have you sit there for, like, 15 minutes, though, Mm -hmm. after, and you... So, like, a pillow under your hip to, like, tilt your pelvis up. But, like... Yeah. And then we, like, drove home and we went, like, straight home. And then she has to, like, take the whole day off and, like, rest for, like, the whole day. Yeah. You can't, like... You no activities be, at yeah, all. Just chill. Be calm. 
So we did this 10 times. Yeah. And every single time I thought I was pregnant. Well, because you had all the hormones in your body telling you to be pregnant. Right. I'm telling you you're pregnant. Like they make your HCG levels higher. Like it was, you experienced every symptom you could have. Right. They're like, oh, well, you know, you should never, yeah, don't follow the, uh, pre-pregnancy symptoms of my boobs are, my, my boobs hurt. No. I'm nauseous. Yeah. I'm nauseous. So we went through this like 10 times. We changed donors three times. And then I remember one day we were getting ready and I don't even remember what we were doing, but we were getting ready and Kirsten was in the shower and she was like, oh my God, (gasps) I'm pregnant. And I was like, what? (laughs) So now all the things are going through my head. Like, how does she know she's pregnant? Cause I'm like, cause for us, a lot of times it would like, Kirsten get her period. And like, we would like have a really hard day and a couple days and like, She'd just, like, go to the bathroom and, like, come into the, like, living room or whatever, like, crying. And she's like, I got my period. Like, and it was heartbreaking. And this was, like, I don't know how to, like, it's hard. Yeah. Like, infertility treatment is so hard. Well, and, like, I remember you like tell yourself, like, I'm not going to buy a pregnancy test. Like, I'm just not going to buy it. Like, I'm just going to wait. And like, they call it the two week wait. And it's like the longest two weeks of your entire life. And I have a problem about peeing on pregnancy tests. Like I literally spent, I don't know how much money I spent on pregnancy tests during this time because I just had to. And so I found the stretch mark in the shower and this was the the side of her time I ever had a stretch mark in my life. Okay. And I'm like, I'm pregnant. And Ash is like, okay, well it's like the end of the day. Like they say to take a pregnancy test, like in the morning and like, you should wait. So like, I don't know how we made it, but we made it. It was the like 22nd of December that we found out. It was very, yeah. It was. And I woke up at literally four 30 in the morning and I was like, I have to be, I have to be, I have to be. And so we took She drank so much water the night before. It was the funniest thing ever. I was like, you're going to dilute it. She's like, oh, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll go now and stop I'm going to cut myself off. <laughs> <laughs> and then I finally peed on a stick and it was like, it was positive, positive. Yes. Like not a, cause I'm really good at seeing lines too. Um, like, Kirsten like. <laughs> She's like, you put this filter on it and then you tilt it at like a 43 degree angle. And then you have to have your light on, but you have to be at least 10 feet to the side of one of your lights from the ceiling. I even knew how to take the pregnancy test apart to get the strip out so that you could get a better view of the strip. (laughs) You guys. Oh my. So it was like clear, clear positive. Mm -hmm. And I just remember we were like so excited. It was like five in the morning. We were stoked. And then we were like, oh my gosh, like. Well, and then we were super scared to tell people. Yeah. We were really scared to tell people. And so... But, like, we had to go to the doctor for confirmation, though. Yeah. Well, and you have to give confirmation because you're using a donor. Yeah, but that's when they told me that, like, it wasn't viable. No, you had stomach cramps. No, that's just when we went in for the, um, like, verification that they said, like, there was... The yolk sac was too small or too big and that it was most likely going to end in. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's yep. like, so we went in to get like, they do an ultrasound. Yeah. They do an ultrasound. And I think this is like four weeks, maybe six weeks later. So we had told like our closest 
group. Like, we had bought a couple, like, I think we bought my mom a little onesie that said, like, I heart Nona for Christmas. Because mm-hmm. um, Christmas was, like, three days later. Yeah. And then after the first of the year, we went into the doctor to get the uh, confirmation ultrasound. And that's when they told us that the something didn't look right with, like, the yolk sac. The yolk sac didn't look right. And, like... But there was a baby. It might not be... It might not end up being a viable pregnancy. Like, we might lose it. Yeah. So, they told us, like, pretty much go home for two weeks. So, we did. See what happens. And so, I was a disaster. I cried for two straight weeks straight. Like, did not stop crying. Well, then everything was okay. And they told us that we went back in and they took her, like, blood again to check her HCG levels. And then we did another ultrasound and everything looked great. Yeah. He was like, oh, everything's fine. It's fantastic. Like, your HCG levels are extremely high. Like, we'll check back for possible, like... Um, they're like, you know, they're extre- your HCG levels are extremely high. Like you could end up in like a duplicate pregnancy or whatever. Well, and I think that like, was oh. because they gave me so many hormones too, though. Right. So they're like, well, we'll wait and we'll like see how it pans out. We'll just set you up for these, 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 these. Like, yeah. we're like okay. Well, then like a couple, like two days later, not even Kirsten got severe stomach cramps. Like, yeah. Like, severe. Like, doubling it was, it over was to where she was, like... like I thought it, my appendix had burst. Like, it was low... Like, or, like, a cyst, because I had a lot of ovarian cysts from having all of the medications they gave me. Yeah. And so I was like, there's something going on. But because I was pregnant now, I was like, oh, my God, freaking out. So we went in. We I took her to yeah. the ER. And... Oh, my God. They... So they took, like, blood work, and they, like checked us in or whatever and we're like sitting there and she's like my my pain's kind of going away like I'm feeling a little bit better I was like okay well that's good like we're just gonna check and make sure everything's okay well then like the doctor comes in and he's like yeah like you know I'm I'm sorry but um unfortunately like you're having a miscarriage so nurse set up a DNC kit and like we'll get this taken care of for you and like get you on your way home and I was like Kirsten just bursts into tears yeah. And I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, can, can we go talk in the hallway for a minute, please? So I, like, take the doctor and the nurse outside, like, in the hallway to talk to them. And I was like, explain this to me again. Like, we literally just had a doctor's appointment. We've been going through infertility treatment for over two years now. We just got confirmation, like, affirmative confirmation that, like, this is a viable pregnancy, that everything is looking good, that her HCG levels are insanely high. Like This was, like, 24 hours ago. What are you, what do you mean? Like, it's all of a sudden, like, different. And they had told us when they came in, they're like, your HCG levels are really, really low, and da-da-da-da, like, and I was like, no, no. So... The doctor was like, I'm sorry, like, this happens. And I was like, no, it doesn't just happen. Like, I want more answers. Like, you're not just setting up an, a DNC kit. Like, I want more answers. And he was like, well, and we weren't married. So, right. like, we have to, like, come for more things. And he's like, well, so you guys are doing infertility tests. Okay, da 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 And he's, like, looking at the he's chart. Like, who's your doctor? Yeah, yeah. And so then he, like, comes back in and talks with Kirsten and I together and he's like who's your doctor well they had mixed the chart up yeah they had another patient patient's chart with um instead of kirsten's name it was like um crystal was... Kristen or something yeah. like that instead of kirsten and they'd mix the charts up and somebody else was there for like the same symptoms and they mixed up the charts and so if like we wouldn't have said no they would have aborted our baby and yeah. our baby was fine right 
Like, they were, like, overly apologetic. Like, I'm so sorry that this has happened. Like, I don't know how this happened. Da-da-da-da. Like, two years, ten transfers. Being told we're gonna probably miscarry. And then two weeks later being told everything's fine. So then going into the hospital for a pain, being told we already had it. And he was like, nurse, set up a DNC kit. I'm going to go check in on this other patient. Then I'll be back. Yeah. I'm like, uh, no. Yeah. So make sure you advocate for yourselves. Right. One thing we learned quick. Like advocate for yourself. If something doesn't seem right, like it's okay. It's not offensive to them. Like you just need to advocate for yourself, please. Yeah. If you learn anything from this episode, advocate for yourself. We almost lost our daughter. (laughs) Yeah. Like... I think I was so scared to go to the doctors after, like, you were. I was like, cause you know, after so many weeks, they kind of transfer you to, as long as it's all looking good, like you're not like high risk or anything, they transfer you to an OBGYN to like finish out your care. And I was like scared to go to the doctor because I was 100%. like, every time we go, they tell me something's wrong and I'm terrified. And like, you know, it, uh, it was the worst thing. Like that was, and like. You go through a roller coaster of emotions for two years of trying to get pregnant and then to go through that of, like, you finally are and then all of a sudden you're being told you're not, like, over and over. Like, it it was so scary. Well, and we were young. But, like, Kirsten and I had so much that we'd already accomplished in our young years as a relationship together. I don't think that we would have hopped into, like, our relationship so hard and fast again if we wouldn't have, like on our break been living together right and like still doing life together like i think if we would have actually broken up and gone our separate ways well like got back together like like, how we would have handled infertility treatment as a couple without our break because like it is so trying (laughs) well and like what you said earlier about like listening to each other's needs and like being able to also like adjust your your spouse's needs because like your needs change and like how often did my needs change during that time a lot literally every five minutes a lot yeah but it was but hard, too, because yeah. we were also battling, like, our own personal experience through our infertility treatment. Like, I'm sitting here being like, am I putting Kirst through all of this, like, mental and physical body pain? And, like, she had so many things happen to her body because of all the hormones that, like, yeah, she still deals with to this day. And I'm like, well, I'm a female. I'm perfectly capable of carrying kids, but I don't want to. So am I being an asshole partner? Because no, like, I'm putting never... my foot down and not wanting to do that. Like... Every time and we I get mean, a now, negative... now that we're done having kids, if you were to want to have one, I say, what do I say? Go ahead. You are <laughs> more than like... capable. <laughs> like, nope. nope I'm nope, done. Nope. I think we realized too, through pregnancies that Kirsten was like, there's no way in hell you could have done this. <laughs> oh no. Ashley can't stand the sound of her own heart beating. The idea of something moving around inside of me. Oh my I just... God. She would like hold my stomach and be like, oh, oh, it just moved. I'm like, it would wake me up out of like oh, dead sleep. God. Like I would like... I don't know. I loved, I, I just had to be like prepared for it. It couldn't happen like and catch me by surprise. Right. Then it was Otherwise like, I'd be like, oh, 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 oh. Wait, did, did you feel that? She's like, of course I felt it. If you felt it on the outside, then I felt it from the inside. Like, <laughs> but it was, but it was hard. And like seeing Kirst go through, like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know why I can't give us a baby. Like that was extremely like, well, and like the doctors didn't have any significant answer to, I wasn't infertile. They did all the tests. Like, they treated me like I was a, you know, 45-year-old woman that, like, couldn't conceive. And, like, we had never... That was not the case at all. No. And we got pregnant because we did it our way. Yeah. We didn't do a positive ovulation test, finally. No, I started tracking my cycle because I started paying attention to, like, what they were... I think we missed. I think what we came to a conclusion of 
which you were like, no, they're missing my window. They're missing yeah. my fertile window. Yeah, your egg is only good for 24 hours. And if you're doing this trigger shot and then taking an ovulation test and you have a positive and then they bring you in 24 hours later, you're completely missing that window. We were kind of pissed. So I kind of said we had it said I had a positive ovulation test the day before I was supposed to ovulate. And then we went in the next day and guess what happened? Boom. Right in the oven. Yep. So we kind Brigante. of... Brigante. it. If you guys ever want a really good laugh, yes. there is a video on YouTube of somebody just reading how people spell pregnant wrong <laughs> on the internet, and it is hilarious. The things people Google in Google about being Perganananant. Perganant. Apparently, pregnant is a hard word for people to... <laughs> To, to spell. <laughs> so it's like all these Google searches of like, can I go down a water slide when I'm pergananant? When and I'm pergananant? <laughs> when I am fergant. When I am fergant. When I am pregante. Pregante. It's hilarious. You guys have to go look at it. Give that person, whoever made that, they deserve uh, the extra views and the likes because it's yeah. hilarious. It's a good laugh. But so yeah, so Kirsten and I get back together. Yeah. And we hit it hard and we start. Just this, in the two years, there's a lot that happened, but it was kind of just like that well, was you our finished main focus. Her MA school. Yeah, Kirsten went to MA school. She finished her MA school. I got out of like waiting tables, and I got into like different banking. No, uh, no, we were into the pet smarts. I was in. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was into like dog training and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean. We made career changes, and then we just were like, all right, like, let's do this. So we did, and we're pregnant. Yep. And now the fun begins. Oh, my God. Guys, yeah. thank you so much for hanging tight with us. Um, go check out our Instagram, at the Ash and Kirst. We've also got our TikTok up, which is the Lesbian Honest podcast. Yes. And when you're listening to these podcasts, there's op- there's opportunity for you guys to write in questions there too kirsten and i are going to try to get on and do like a live q a with you guys here soon on instagram yeah we would love to kind of like hear you guys now that we're coming out with more of stories that can also help or like at least you know people know now that like we've gone through more than just being gay like we also have infertility treatments we have all kinds of things that like our infertility story goes so much deeper yeah um, then we'll get into that later too, but we like, we're here and sharing this so that that way, like some of you can get to know us better, but also because there is so much that's not talked about still, like right. with where we're at in today, like there's still so much that's not talked about and like, and addressing how hard some of these things are to go through and that like support is so necessary. It is so necessary. And like Kirsten and I are a safe place. Like it doesn't matter if you just have questions of the unknown that you don't know whether you are in a queer relationship whether you are going through fertility in a queer relationship or in a hetero relationship like you could be single and going through infertility treatments like it is a hard thing to go through and parenting is a hard thing to go through and relationships is a hard thing to build (laughs) and go through. life is hard (laughs) whether they're hetero or, or queer and it's just it's something that like kirsten and i are like we're pretty open book yeah like with respect obviously but we're pretty open book and like we're we're a safe place. Like this is a safe place for everyone. So this is why we're here and this is why we're sharing this. So, um, go check out our Instagram at the Ash and Kirst. Like I said, we're going to do a, a Instagram live here in a few days so we can check in with you guys. Um, but when you're on either Spotify or Apple, um, podcast, 
um, and Anchor even, you guys can put in like comments and questions in there. Um, we put it up for comments and questions all the time. DM us on our Instagram page. Um, we will make sure we get back to you guys. And if we get enough, then we'll do an episode with just like Q and A's. Yeah. Um, so that way we can kind of get some of those things out there for you guys. But we thank you so much for your support and following along with us as we continue to tell our stories with you guys and share this with you. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Have a good one, guys. Bye.